0: welcome to we're talking we have an opinion about everything and it means absolutely nothing now here are your hosts the rocket surgeon and the brain scientist but we're not sure who's who craig malasaw and josh jagno they're talking welcome to we're talking today with craig malasaw and josh jagno we have our special guest, Colin Lacey, from the Georgia Southern Sports Network. Welcome, Colin. How are you today?
1: Thanks, guys. Appreciate you having me again.
0: Well, you know, uh, it, it's 10.30 a.m. our time, so uh, and I, I can't speak for Josh because Josh is at his place, but I don't have any bourbon, which is a little little frightening, but I think we might have to, to move these to the evening so that we can all have an adult beverage and, and, and be able to talk intelligently, so... Uh, don't know what your thoughts are. Hey, I'm
2: all for it. So. I, I try to keep it post noon, Craig. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm all sober over here. But uh, no, I love having Colin on because I know we'll be honest. It's yep. my favorite thing.
1: Hey, if you're looking post noon, we're only about 30 minutes away from Mid Eastern time. So we can go off my time if it needs to be later in your time, if it needs to be earlier.
2: Yeah. Uh, so if things get a little sideways about 30 minutes in, you know what? Right.
0: Well, I had a good time at uh, – at bourbon night last night, which uh, we're going to be doing a bourbon podcast next week on uh, some uh, Louisiana bourbon. So I'm looking forward to that one. But today we're talking uh, MLB baseball, Major League Baseball memories. Uh, But before we get into memories of Major League Baseball, let's go back to the end of Georgia Southern's baseball season. I know you guys made it to the championship game. Uh, You defeated the Cajuns in the game before that um uh, and i I had a conversation with Jay that it just I, I don't know it's because if because I love baseball so much or it's because it's the end of the season uh, the sports season for all Cajun sports it just feels like a real kick in the gut and I know for y'all being at the championship game for the third or fourth time in a row I mean I, I know it couldn't have been any easier but can I mean Uh, even without that championship game, is it the same way for you when the season ends?
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's nice in the sense that, especially as much as Georgia Southern was on the road the last month of the season, to be able to kind of get home and decompress a little bit. But you're right. And especially for the way that Georgia Southern season has ended a lot lately. I mean, you look at a guy like Matt Anderson, a sixth-year catcher because of COVID and injuries and everything that he had to go through. This was his sixth year, and it was the fourth championship game that he had been a part of and the fourth championship game that he had come on the wrong side of. And so that was the big thing. There's a lot of guys that have done it three times, a lot of guys that have done it twice for Georgia Southern, of trying to get over that hump. You get to the championship game, but winning the championship game. I think you and I talked about it while we were in Montgomery. This was probably the best that Georgia Southern felt going into a championship game because really and truly in our eyes, in my eyes at least, The winner of the Georgia Southern Louisiana game, which we had no clue who was going to come out on that. You knew it was going to be a great game. It always is when the Cajuns and Eagles get together. You felt like the winner of that game was going to be the one that won the Sunbelt Conference tournament and be able to go to the NCAA regional, but South Alabama and Miles Smith went completely off against Georgia Southern. He threw what seemed like about 300 pitches that week, but being able to do what he did was absolutely incredible. And we talked about it all week. There's somebody for the championship team that always shows up and does something uncharacteristic and does something pretty incredible. And it just happened to be Miles Smith for uh, South Alabama. But yeah, I think you're right. It's a culmination of baseball playing so many games and especially this year because baseball season meant so much to everybody across the country of you saw in 2020, the season get cut short and it directly affected the baseball and softball programs and so I think when you see this season come to a close that meant so much to the guys and the girls on the field I think that made it hurt a little bit worse to see that season come to an end
0: yeah I think th- I agree with you there I mean I always I, even when the season ended last year I felt like it was going to be baseball it happened to be major league baseball that would bring the country back together and, and get ready so uh, it's very sad I, I know top and I Uh, happened to uh, we were listening to you guys on the way back and then uh, we got on the basin bridge and and the connection went bad and all of a sudden when we turned it back on all of a sudden the game was out of hand so uh, uh, I I was you can blame us for that and not not being able to listen so very unfortunate but uh, understand completely how you feel and and, uh, I'm already having some withdrawals it seemed like we waited forever for this season to start. And then it seemed like it ended in a flash. So.
1: Yeah. And I think especially as good as it was in Montgomery to have a week where you're around everybody. I think we saw you guys every day, saw JT from South Alabama every day, getting to see everybody be around everybody for the first time for some of us, for being around each other in a year, I hadn't seen Brant Freeman in over a year. Hadn't seen Matt Stoles from Arkansas state in over a year. And so being able to get together and as cool and as fun as that week was to have the week come to an end was a little bit of a kick too.
0: Well, there was only one team that was able to advance and uh, Georgia Southern uh, played well and probably played closest to, to near perfect ball as they could have played uh, in the NCAA regional. Uh, and unfortunately did, did not come out on top. Uh, I've got my issues with, with South Alabama, uh, but I think I said Georgia Southern earlier instead of South Alabama, or I said somebody else instead of South Alabama, but I was talking about South Alabama in the regional. Uh, I, I've got the is- some issues with them all together, but at the same time, especially that stupid little barrel rule, they, they did against UTA uh, uh, in the, in the, in the semifinals, not even a, not even the championship game. You want to celebrate like that? You hadn't won anything yet. i I really wanted y'all to punch him in the throat, but hey, it is what it is. Josh, come on. Hey, come yeah, on. I got,
1: I got a feeling there was a, uh, there was a couple of Georgia Southern fans around the league that day.
0: Yeah.
2: Oh yeah, absolutely. Hey, I have a question. Uh, obviously, you guys lost the championship game, and that's, a, it's a nut punch. I mean, everybody it would feel the same way. But did it help a little bit that they were uh, South Al made it to championship Sunday or Monday, whatever it was? And did you guys follow? Uh, South Isles you know advancing into the regionals did it just kind of help a little bit um I think to a degree but
1: I think the fact that Georgia Southern has been so close to being there it was more of a sting of you're right there with South Alabama so would you have been right there with South Florida with Miami with Florida and so it's kind of a double-edged sort of yeah, you would, it's like we talk about all the time. You'd rather get beat by the champion than lose to the eight seed. But it's also the double-edged sword of could that been you? Could you have been on championship Sunday or Monday of the regional or whatever? And it, So it's a little bit of yes, a little bit of no, I guess.
2: Yeah, and then the other side of that question is, you know, the SEC deals with this a lot, and it's a topic of conversation every year. Do you root for the in-conference team to go out and, you know, have a great – regional or do well in the postseason how do you guys uh, fall on that side of the argument for me I, when South
1: Alabama knocked off Florida I started rooting for South Alabama a little bit just because of JT Crabtree our good buddy that's the radio voice for South Alabama and Charlie Nichols the SID because I'm with Craig I'm not a huge South Alabama fan some of the antics and all the stuff they do outside the field just that's not me and so i wasn't a huge south alabama fan going into it but when i was like you know what they might make a run at this I was like that'd be cool for jt and cool for Charles. so i rooted for him a little bit and it would help the conference and all that so you kind of have to a little bit but if it was a team like louisiana for sure and i think it depends team by team and the sunbelt if you root for him or not
0: yeah yeah, I agree. yeah I, I agree with colin i mean i i think there was some uh uh, meeting JT for the first time really uh, well actually for the second time but getting to know him a little better uh, I, I was pulling for him uh, uh, and, and normally I would say I don't but when they play SEC schools and schools that act like they're better than us uh, I, I, that's when I start pulling for the Sun Belt and, and things like that and and you know it's, it's one of those things like when Georgia Southern played Louisiana Tech I mean I it could have been probably Georgia State <laughs> that played Louisiana Tech or Coastal Carolina easy, that played easy. Louisiana Tech, and I would have pulled for them over Louisiana Tech. You know, it's yeah. it's you know it's that's how much I hate Louisiana Tech. So, uh,
2: yeah, but- and it's twofold because it's the underdog and it's it's you know it's a conference mate. It was definitely it was very difficult to pull for South Al. That was the first time probably ever that I can remember not, not pulling against them. That's the only time I can ever think back to where, but yeah, it would have been a lot easier to pull for a a Georgia Southern or, you know, like you said, Texas state or something like that. Um, But it was good to see the belt, you know, go out and represent and have I mean, beat the absolute pants off of Florida. That was still incredible.
0: Well, and that, and and, and and Miami acted like a bunch of punks and sissies out there going around. Well, they
2: always have. They always have. It's one of the most classless programs. I, I hate Miami.
0: So uh, it,
1: Tennessee it, beats them.
0: Yeah.
2: Tennessee's pretty bad. Mm. Yeah. We'll
0: get into that in a minute. So uh, I know we hadn't put this on our uh, agenda, but let, let's talk a little bit about the College World Series. Is actually still going on. Have you got a chance to watch much of it, Colin and, and Josh?
1: So we're so much of a baseball dorks around here. Aaron Soka, our, our sports information contact at Georgia Southern that you get to meet over in Montgomery. He and I set up a kind of a command central in the press box for the regionals. And so we had, I think, six different games going at one time. It was sweet. sweet. Some people would label it as a problem. <laughs> um, so we watched a lot of the regionals watched a couple of the super regional series and then been following the world series a good bit. And I, I had one toward the tail end of the super regionals, all the teams that I would pick kept getting knocked out. So I stopped picking a team. And, uh, so for the college world series, the only thing that I wanted was for Tennessee to lose and they went two and Q. So I was happy.
0: I, I, I can appreciate and and totally understand that. Uh, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of a, right now, a North Carolina fan, North Carolina state fan, I should say. I, I think they're still in it. <laughs> uh, I'm kind of pulling for Texas and North Carolina. Although Virginia intrigues me a lot uh, as a school that I wouldn't mind pulling for uh, just, just because, and I, I really want NC state to, to knock off Vanderbilt. It shows what a team can do when, and getting hot at the end of the season uh like you know some of the teams have done in the past out from california yeah. josh what, what what's your, your your what have you been seeing have you been watching any baseball absolutely
2: uh this year more than ever i find myself watching now with the advent of espn plus and all the extra coverage i mean i binged on super regionals man that was really fun watching tennessee embarrass lsu I know I'm not, we're not a Vols fan here. I mean, I understand that we're not supporting Tennessee. That was, they're gross, but watching them embarrass LSU was very, very fun. So, uh, but no, I think really what stood out in the supers especially was, um, and then to some degree, the Arkansas and Mississippi state uh, regional and super regional, the, the attendance, the crowds have been like minor league esque. I mean, even further than that, I mean, 11, 14, 15,000 people on Saturdays and Sundays uh, across the country was a welcome. I mean, it's just a welcome sight to see. It feels like sports are back and then maybe even better than they have been. I mean, look at what college baseball has been able to do on a national scale this year. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it's it's been happening, but it feels like this year was more pronounced than ever. Uh, So anyway, on on that same note, I got Catherine involved with uh, baseball because she likes the atmosphere and the energy. So we'll come in here and sit for two or three hours, watch, you know, we'll, we'll game jump, flip from ESPN Plus to ESPN to the Mothership, all this stuff. And uh, it, the storylines have been one after the other, and they just rolled right into College World Series. You mentioned NC State. Um, that battle with Arkansas was amazing. Um, lighter and Kumar for Vandy just, I mean, unreal. It's been fun, man. I've watched a lot of college baseball this
0: year. Lighter and Kumar are just a, been unbelievable all season. And I feel just a little bit bad for them, but at the same time, I'm still pulling for NC state. I mean, anybody that can, uh, Arkansas is another one that I just have no love lost for. And because probably cause I lived in Arkansas for a while and, and when they start calling the hogs and, and they're going to call themselves Omaha and they can't even make it to Omaha get break guys, <laughs> yeah. you know, but uh yeah, oh, yeah, I think another surprise is
2: just NC state, how tough they were every at bat and look cops through what felt like a million pitches and they mm-hmm. just battled and battled. And I, I gained a lot of respect for the team. I hadn't watched NC state play until the, that those last two games, Uh, but they walk into the college world series and they've been absolutely dominant. It's, it's, uh, it's fun to watch. They, they were a team that I, I rooted for. I mean, coming out of that, the first regional that they, they were involved with and then kind of following them through the Supers and now into the College World Series. It's been fun. They're a fun team. Uh,
0: I think the most disappointing thing for me, though, was uh, it's always disappointing when you don't make a regional. But this year, I thought, was one that I really wanted to do because I really thought Louisiana Tech was going to host a regional. And they did a host a regional. Good for them. Yes. I think they, they stink. And, but, but, that's, that's, but I was really hoping that we were going to be sent there and that we could we could beat them. It wasn't to be. Congratulations to them on a great season. As much as I hate to say that, uh, they 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 did what they needed to do to win and to host a regional. So I mean, it's kind of hard to take that away from them, but uh, still say they suck. But you know, it, it is what it is. Here, so, here. Um, we're, we're, who who do you guys? Uh, so we've got uh, Texas uh, Vanderbilt, North Carolina state, uh, Virginia and Mississippi state. Who, who do you think are going to be the two teams in the championship? Uh, uh Colin, you go ahead and go first. Who, who, who do you want uh, a, who do you want to see? And then B, who do you think it'll be? Uh,
1: I, I, socially I'd want to see Virginia, uh, cause a guy that used to call baseball here at Georgia Southern, Ryan Chambers works for Virginia now in their sales department. Um, So I'd want to see Virginia in there. I don't know, Texas, I was watching them beat the tar out of Tennessee the other day and they kind of intrigued me a little bit, but I just don't see how somebody in a series beats Vandy. I really don't when you've got rocker and lighter both going and you can say that they were off last time out or whatnot, but, if I'm lighter, I go and kick every one of my hitters in the shins from the other day, but being able to go up against Vandy, I think if they make it to the final series, I think they win it. Because I don't know that you can go up against rocker and lighter and expect to win a series.
2: Same, And the way that they've pitched, they're going to, they're set up for the semis. So uh, they're, they're going to be ready to roll. And I agree with Colin. I mean, those two guys are elite level professional pitchers and they will be, um, Assuming that the bracket lines up, I think NC State and Vandy. NC State's already 2-0 and and sitting pretty, and they, I don't know when's the last time they played. Was it like two days ago, three days ago? Uh, it's, so, been,
0: it's been a few days. Yeah, so, so
2: I mean, they've got rest. They're, they're confident. They're playing loose. Uh, I, I would love to see NC State and Vanderbilt. I think, if, like I said, if the bracket lines up that way, I think that's who you'll see. But Vanderbilt, look, they've got some holes outside of their, their pitching they're not exactly like this juggernaut team. I mean, they really are pitcher dependent. So you never know what can happen. Catch lighter on a bad day. And by the way, lighter had a bad day. I think he went seven and gave up a hit. Right. I mean, a, a run. You know, so I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I I think Vandy's going to be a tough out.
0: I I agree. I, I think it's hard, but I, I, I mean, you got to beat NC State twice now. So, you know, right. where do you, you know, can't not that it can't happen, but uh, I mean, obviously, but like you said, Vanderbilt is has got to start hitting the ball. Uh, they've got to start playing baseball. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see how, how it comes up. Uh, I I will say that I, I love the fact that in the middle of the day, that two o'clock, we've got baseball that we're able to watch. So
2: uh, yes, that, that's that. that's fun. And look, NC NC State has some sneaky good relievers. Uh, they got that that kid, the freshman, I can't remember his name starts with an R, I believe uh, he's there. He's a good starter for them. I watched him pitch a few times, but they've got some really good, good arms out of the pen. And you know how it is, man, if you can if you can stick somebody and plug and play for a, a long relief situation. I mean, that, that's a dangerous weapon to be able to
0: have. Well, for some reason. Uh, I'm clicking on D1 baseball here and I'm going to scores and it's no longer bringing me to the scores section. I don't know if I got logged out or what happened there, but we'll move on from this. Let's go ahead and take our first break right now. And then when we come back, we'll talk to Colin some more and we'll get Josh's opinion also on what's going on in Major League Baseball with the the substance abuse. And that is substance abuse on your fingers, not not in your uh, your stomach or your mouth or whatever else is going on. So we'll be right back after this. Welcome back to We're Talking with Craig Melanson, Josh Jagno, and Colin Lacey from the Georgia Southern Sports Network. Uh, we just got through talking uh, about college baseball, and uh, you know, it, through the years, I, I've come to enjoy it a little bit more, mainly because of the uh, the sound of that ping of the bat has somewhat gone away. It's still not totally gone, but either that or I've just come to ignore it a lot better lately. So uh speaking of pings or dings or what's going on with pitchers these days Kyle, i know you you've been kind of following this a little bit because we talked a little bit at, about it off air and via text messages but what what do you think is uh i guess driving this what do you think is uh uh do you think it's good for the game to get rid of the substance uh, talk to me a little bit about this
1: i mean i think it goes back to a couple of weeks ago when joe west was going in and trying to – I think it was a Cardinal pitcher that came in and had something on the bill of his hat. Joe West noticed it when he was running in from the bullpen and said, hey, go change your hat so we don't have to deal with all that. And uh, it turned into this big whole thing about how pitchers are using a substance to get a better grip on the ball. Everybody got so up in arms, and it's been happening forever. Like, it's not something new new to the game and I think that's what a lot of people don't realize this isn't something new it's just the first time somebody wanted to talk about it and so and it wasn't like the everybody kind of likens it to the steroid era where everybody knew it was going on not everybody knew and not everybody was doing the steroid era or at least it hasn't come out that everybody around the baseball world and it's not just the players knew like if you were involved with the baseball world in some way shape or form you knew it was happening. And I'll give you a story from my umpiring days. So this is how long ago or how far back and how known it was. I had a manager come out to me and say, Hey, their guy's got something sticky on like the back of his neck. You need to go check it. I was like, all right, I'll do it on one condition. I'll go check it. But you might want to tell your guy to watch that off his forearm before he comes back out for the next half inning, or their guy's going to want me to go check your guy. Come to find out he didn't want to check so much. And so everybody knows it's going on. Everybody knew it was happening. And the fact of Major League Baseball, and I'll kind of echo what Trevor Bauer has said a lot, that Major League Baseball is doing the right thing of actually enforcing the rules that are in the rule book, and I'm 100% behind that. But you've got to go about it a different way. I don't know that you can do it in the middle of the season – and just say, hey, this is banned now, and do it on whatever it was, June 21st, 22nd, whatever it was. And so doing it in the middle of the season, and it's something that it's just now coming to light, but I heard a couple interviews with the Cardinals manager, Mike Schilt, that it's been in the process ever since about 2019 And then they were about to come out with it and then COVID hit and then everything just got kind of pushed to the back burner. And then it got brought back up whenever Joe West made the Cardinals guy change his hat. And so uh, I think it's something that it's not kind of a spur of a moment. It's been thought about a little bit more than people realize, but I don't know that it's the timing is exactly the way you need to.
0: Well, do you think the umpires, if, if, if let's say they hadn't banned it. Do you think the umpires would have went out if a manager went up there and said, Hey, I think he's got something on his, his hat or his, his sleeve. You think they would have, at that point, they would have done something about it or would they have let the guy continue yeah, I mean, if, to pitch?
1: No, I mean, if I'm, you've seen it a couple of times, you see it probably two or three times a year, the last couple of years where a manager will go out. And if somebody has like something, I think Michael Pineda a couple of years ago, when he was with the Yankees had something on like behind his ear and it was like pine tar or something that he kept going to. And so you'll see guys every once in a while, not be so discreet about it. Or sometimes you put it in the palm of your glove and then they take the glove and into the umpire's room to send it off to the league office. So you see it a couple of times a year where a manager will say, look, that's blatant. Like you got to hide it a little better than that. But I, so the umpires aren't necessarily like turning a blind eye and they're enforcing it whenever a manager brings it to their attention. But I don't know that it's something that you need to go and check a guy three times in an outing. Like Scherzer got ticked with Girardi about.
0: Yeah. uh, I I just remember that uh, speaking with Michael Lomont, uh, former Cajun pitcher a couple of years ago and talking about how uh, the pitchers couldn't even put sunscreen on their arms. Because that would be considered an illegal substance, and I'm like, I I think that's a little bit out there. But at the same time, now that now that this is all going on, it makes sense to me why why you won't allow it. Um, The other thing is, I don't know if y'all caught the College World Series where Ben McDonald was asked the question about it, and Ben said, if I was to do it, it would have been you know we had the Orioles had those black uh, long sleeves underneath their their jersey. He said, that's where I if I were to do it, that's where I would put it because you couldn't see it. So I, I found that very interesting on the, in the hypothetical way there though.
1: Yeah, I mean, you've seen a lot of guys from years ago. I mean, we're talking 20, 25 years ago, this has been going on. And so eh, there's a lot of different things that have come out to enhance the ball. And so, like, you were talking about the sunscreen and rosin. When you put those two together, it just gives you a little bit more of a grip on the ball, which is slick after a little while. And so, I get it if you're going for grip, but the new, what is it called, spider tack that they come out with now that apparently is supposed to give you more RPMs, and, you know, I'm not a numbers analytical guy, but it's supposed to like help your spin rate and give more movement. That stuff is the stuff that I think that you've got to kind of get out, but the ones that are just using it for a better grip, that's not necessarily doctoring the baseball. It's just more for grip purposes. I think, but I don't know what that fine line is of what is for grip and what is for trying to enhance the ball.
0: Well, I, like you said on there, I'm looking at it and, And I love these guys that come out and say, well, what about those cold days at the beginning of the seasons when you're playing in Detroit? I'm like, okay, well, wait a second. We're not talking about that. We're, we're, we're almost in July now. You know, you shouldn't have any problems gripping the ball. So I maybe, you know, but Josh, I know you said you followed it. We talked a little bit about it. What's your thoughts on it?
2: Well, first of all, I totally reject the comparison to the steroid area uh, era like Colin mentioned. And I think he nailed it, uh, but I think that it's a little bit more complicated than that at the top. And I think there there are two examples that are, are two um, situations that can explain the, the way that this has come out. I think number one, Major League Baseball has, has horrendous leadership. Uh, number one, the the first Amen. thing you need to say is that the pl- the it. players union the, the players union runs the league. Number one, number two. Rob Manford is a sock puppet that there's really not much good you can say about the guy. Amen. I, I think that, you know, I, I didn't know about the COVID situation. So that's an interesting piece of news. However, if this has been going on since 2019 and you didn't implement it going into the 2021 season, I mean, who's on, who's that on? Yeah. I think that you couple those things with, the fact that once baseball media got a hold of it and blew it into a story, the public relations hit that the the league was taking, they almost were forced into a corner where they had to at least attempt to make an effort to curb the cheating, quote unquote, because that's what they made it out to be. And, And it's like, you know, this particular issue was as out in the open as pine tar on a baseball bat. I mean, this is not you know some sinister plot you know what I mean and and now I know the spider stuff came out it it, everybody always takes a yard when you give them a centimeter I understand that that continues you know people evolve the talent has gotten to be through the roof when you add a little bit of advantage talking about spinner rate talking about getting on top of the ball of course ERAs are going to plummet batter uh batting averages and OPS going to plummet I just think this was an opportunity for baseball to jump in uh the offensive numbers are down which is almost always correlated with interest being down in the game when the game is popular offensive numbers are off the charts now you got a you know a near no hitter almost every week in Major League Baseball I think this it was opportunistic and it was also poorly doled out uh and I think it's totally wrong to get these pitchers who have relied on this stuff to just stop on a dime I I do agree with that
0: but okay so but by saying that though you you sound like you're talking out of both sides, right there, because you're saying it's hard to stop, but at the same time, you you give them an inch. When when does Major League Baseball go out and check? Then I mean, if 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 they didn't ban it, well, in the middle of the season. When,
2: well, when that's what, that's what I'm that's what I'm saying. It was it was it was a mistake by the league not to go ahead and enforce it going into spring training 2021.
0: That's, Especially I think if that they that, knew about it in 2019.
2: In 2019, yes, exactly correct. I, but I don't think that you can just start implementing this stuff in a week and then start telling people they're going to be suspended for 10 days because, you know, all of a sudden they're cheaters. You know, what kind of damage does that guy, that do to a, a reputation of a Matt Scherzer? You know, you all you guys all saw him and Girardi to go do the back and forth. Colin mentioned it. I'd be pissed too, man. I mean, yeah. you're – You're making me look like a cheater on national television, and all I'm doing is what I've always done and what this league has condoned and allowed Major League Baseball's pitchers to do for the last, you know, four decades. I just think it's chicken shit.
1: And the crazy thing is it's not – like it doesn't hurt the players if you get suspended. You get suspended for 10 days with with pay, but the team is the one that takes the hit because the team is the one you don't get to replace that roster spot. That's a big part that a lot of people overlook. Yeah, they get suspended for 10 days, but one, they still get paid for it. And if you structure it the right way, that's a starter missing one, one start. Yeah. But for those 10 days, your team is playing a man down, essentially. And so it's more of a hindrance on the team than the player, which we can argue what teams mean to some guys in Major League Baseball now but right it's it's crazy and josh you brought up the fact that major league baseball trying to counteract the offensive numbers being down but what a lot of people don't realize the reason that offensive numbers are down and everybody loves the 500 foot home runs but baseball has kind of turned the sport into a three result offense you're either hitting a home run you're striking out or you're getting walked that's that's pretty much Major League Baseball right now. There's not a whole lot of teams that are hit and run, squeezing. We see it a lot between Georgia Southern and Louisiana of playing the game of baseball. And, Craig, you and I have talked about that until we're blue in the face. But I think until you stop all the everybody's got to hit it a 1,000 feet, bat flip, it's look at me, whatever.
0: I Long jangles, all that nonsense.
1: yeah. I couldn't care less and a guy that Craig you and I talked about with Georgia Southern Parker Yeah, he, he really embodies and Top and I had a really good conversation in Montgomery. Parker Beattier was our center fielder for Georgia Southern is our center fielder for Georgia Southern he doesn't have the 100 miles an hour off the bat he's on our fancy new track man it's 70 to 80 but the guy hit the third best average in the league and he drove in the game-winning run against Louisiana he did so much for what what this team's success was hitting in the nine spot and so until you get baseball back to playing the game of baseball because yeah when a guy goes out and it's three hits and 15 strikeouts that's not real exciting now the three of us being baseball people can get behind that and see it but to a normal fan that's not that's not what it's about it's not the game. You're watching a home run derby essentially.
2: And then Colin, that's... didn't BDR have all the RBI in that game? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean he, he he torched our team and this guy's not a, a track man a superstar. We gotta get back to the game. You know, yes. it, I know that's a completely different conversation, and I won't go too far down that road, Craig, but that's okay. I, I have I, I have similar complaints about our own program. It feels like we're starting to drift away from the game and we're looking for putting the ball in certain areas or swing out of your shoes and strike out. And that's an acceptable result. And I don't, I don't believe in that kind of baseball. I, no. I don't think that you can have consistent success like that.
0: Well, and that's why you see managers being fired all the time and doing that. And that's one of the reasons uh, I like Georgia Southern baseball, uh, Cajun baseball in South Alabama. I like the fact that they're going to lay down the bunt when they have to. They're going to sacrifice when they need to. But uh, South Alabama was a master at driving in runs when they needed to. And no other team did it like they did. The Cajuns did not. So, and I don't know. To to me, yeah, it's, to me, the the home run is fine in the bottom of the ninth or the top of the ninth. I mean, I saw it with the Reds the other day against uh, San Diego. They they go into the top of the ninth. They're down two nothing. What do they do? They score run, two runs to tie it. Then they they hit a two run bomb to go up four to two. And I'm all pumped up and I'm excited. I'm like take that San Diego, which I like. San Diego is one of the teams I don't actually hate. That's you know out of the teams. But I'm like take that San Diego. And then and then what happens? The bottom of the ninth comes around and all of a sudden boom a four run. Uh, they they tied up and they hit a two run shot to win the game six four. Looking at the score, if you just looked at the the score, six four, you think it's a good game. And it was a great game. The last inning, you know, there were there were uh there were eight runs scored in the last inning. So uh combined that is and, and I and I'm going way off on a tangent and doing doing what I do no, best. No, but you're highlighting you're
2: highlighting something we're talking about. The Padres play what, you know, your your twenty twenty one fan would call an exciting brand of baseball and look it's fun to watch it's fun to watch Center and watch the 30-minute clip of these guys doing these amazing things but if I'm a fan of that team there's some frustrating nights yeah. I would much rather the Cubs play the Rays brand of baseball which yep. feels like is maybe the only major league baseball team that's still doing that stuff you know bun them over hit them in you know type stuff but they don't make center every night because there's nothing quote-unquote exciting about that well shit I, I like to win that's exciting yeah yeah and the home run's
1: a part of that but the home run sure. can't be what your entire offense is predicated on yes and i could not care less if it goes 560 feet it counts the same thing as a 401 wall scraper
0: yep it's, it's, it's like that same three po- thing it's like that three-pointer from right in right outside the three-point line or the one that's 10 feet away from it it's still a three-pointer yeah no matter what you do and uh which we can get in another discussion about field goals, though. Should it be more points if you go further back, a fifty-yarder versus a twenty-five-yarder? But that's for another day as we get into football season. Because I've always, I'm not going any further. I'm just going to leave my my thoughts alone on that. But but you're right. You know, the one thing I will say about the, the Padres, though, uh, is right now I think they got the best looking uniforms in baseball. Uh, I, I just I really like their uniforms. I like the, I like that that little bit darker than tan but not quite dark brown I, I i to me they look sharp but you know hey what do i know i wear funky looking shorts so uh but we i, I don't even know how we got here right now <laughs> <laughs> but uh uh so i i think everybody agrees the way the way major league baseball went around this and, and to josh's point about the home run and to colin's point about the home run i i think it all has to do with sports center and the and the stupidity that's on there you know that you know that they that chris berman started 20 years ago with his back 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 which i i take chris berman can go drive somewhere in the swamp and stay there as far as i'm concerned. i can't stay. our new listeners again.
2: craig hates chris berman yes I know that
0: I can't stand Berman. I mean, he's just... Oh, that's uh,
1: fantastic.
0: It's just... Uh, we could do a whole show and and, and play clips, but uh, I keep saying that about a lot of things. We could do a whole show, which we could, because we've got a lot to talk about.
1: Yeah, but there's a lot of shows we could do this summer.
0: <laughs> I know, and that's the fun part about it, is having the ability to do this and, and being able to record whenever we want to and um, being able to take this... Uh, It's fun. It's 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 a great time to be uh, with with technology and everything else. I'm loving it. So back to the baseball, though. So I think everybody thinks that Major League Baseball handled it horrendously. But at the same point, I think something had to be done because so many people were talking about it. Uh, And and to Josh's point with it or to Colin's point, I forgot who I think it was Josh. The, about the, uh, the the number of no hitters that have happened this season, you know, you, I think you've already you're like almost to a record number of no hitters, and we're not even to the All Star bait, you know. And I don't, yeah. I, I don't care about the home runs or adding more, adding more offense to the game. I think to me, everyone knew the guys were doing steroids, and baseball looked the other way. And that, to me, was wrong. And the same thing, baseball could not do that here, again, in my opinion. They couldn't look the other way. I think the way they handled it was horrible. I think what they're doing now with some of the stuff, with a man like Girardi having in the middle of an inning, I have no problem with the guys when they come off the field or they come in, uh, you know, it's a commercial break. So when they come in from the bullpen being checked, no, you're good, okay, you know, you go, you go off the field or you come back on. I have no problem with any of that. But to do it in the middle of an inning, to me, is kind of chicken shit in a way. But at the same time, do you want to be the manager to lose that game because the guy was all of a sudden now doing it? So, I don't know. I'm, I guess I'm making both sides of the argument, but it is what it is. So, I don't know.
2: Well, I, I don't think you're making both sides of the argument because, look, like other things in life, there's some – Point on each side as far as Girardi goes and I don't know how you guys feel about Joe Girardi I liked him as a player but the guys he's he's a drama queen he does these kinds of things he has a track record so especially look this is not some kid you know he just came up from AAA. he's looking for an advantage Max Scherzer is a is a respected professional he's a competitor I think that he's got a great reputation across major league baseball that to me that reeked of look at me from Girardi, and I think it, the way
1: I took it, it was more of a, a shot at Major League Baseball from Girardi of look at what you've made, which I think is completely dumb because you've always had the ability to go and request a umpire go and look at a pitcher, so that's not anything new. Yeah, like I understand what you're trying to get at, but again, like Major League Baseball, you went about it the wrong way. Because the thing that drives me crazy about Major League Baseball, and we've talked about this with other organizations, but they come out and they put this press release out, and that's the last thing you hear from Major League Baseball. Like, I'm not sitting here asking you to come out and have a press conference every day, but whenever some of these points get brought up, at some point you got to answer some of them. Because everybody keeps talking about how, oh, the Players Association was – Had to be a part of this, and this is all from the players association. Why didn't they stick up for the players and all that? A lot of people don't realize, and I didn't until I talked to a friend of mine that's a former major league player and he does a lot with the players association. That since it's a already standing rule in major league baseball, the players association didn't have to be a part of it, right? So the players association, like it, love it, hate it, they didn't really have a say in it since it's already a standing rule in Major League Baseball. And so when all these people are mad at the Players Association, they don't have anything to do with it. But nobody comes out and says, hey, you guys don't know what you're talking about. And so there's so many of the unknowns that could be cleared up, but nobody does it. And Major League Baseball relies on managers like Mike Schilt with the Cardinals to come out and say, look, let's pump the brakes a little bit. And your managers can't be your PR department too.
0: Well, do you think
2: I this? Agree. Will all- I agree. It's it's perfect. It's perfect, and it again highlights the the players union or you know players association, and they've got a tumultuous history with the with the uh, with whoever's in the office at the time for the commissioner. I think Manford is one of he's a special kind of spineless. Where I don't know how many times he sat in a room with with Clark and said, "Hey, this is what's going on. This is how we need to address it." What do you think? I almost guarantee you that never happened. So it's kind of good for Tony Clark where he can say, you know, hands off. I didn't really have a say, but on the other side, Manford could say, well, you know, it was, it was it's on the books and these guys knew it was going on. And you know, this it's kind of like plausible deniability in a way, no. but it doesn't help the league. It doesn't help the game. And there's gotta be balance. I just don't, it's, it's, bad leadership from the commissioner's office and funneling down into the other, you know, areas of administration into the game. It's, it's, it's a bad, it's a bad thing. It has been for a few years.
0: Do you think this all would have went away though in 10 days? If, if you wouldn't have had the thing like you're already doing and all that, if they would have just went with the off camera, uh, you know, in between innings and they just, everybody would have done their part for the for 10 days, two weeks. and And then we wouldn't be talking about it.
2: Well, I think you can look at that a couple of ways. When you got one of your brightest young pitchers in the league, Glasnow, getting on, uh, I think it was SportsCenter that he went on, or maybe it was MLB Network, and basically blaming his Tommy John on just, you know, having to abruptly stop using a substance. I don't think that's going away. You know what I mean? I think that that the Scherzer thing happened during a game, and it was a big deal. And, you know, maybe you can say that's part of – the experience of watching the game. But when you got a guy giving an interview and giving specifics on why it actually is hurting his career, I think that has a little bit of lasting power. He should have number one, done it in the done it in spring training. Let everybody bitch and complain then get it out. It happens before the season or number two. And look, I don't need a tiger woods may a culpa. Hey, we screwed this up. I don't need that. But what you should do for your fans is come out, have him in, in front of the camera and say, look, this has been going on. We we tried to implement this, or we were talking about implementing this before COVID. Obviously, we all got messed up, just like everybody else. And now's the time, but we it's it's not happened. Like we haven't even gotten a release. Like like Colin said, that was even more detailed than this. Is what's going to be the penalty, and that's it. Thanks for coming.
1: now and the problem with the way Major League Baseball has handled it is, like you were talking about, Craig, the fact that the age that we live in and technology. Now it's so easy for the three of us to get together, even though we're in two different time zones and record a podcast. Well, if you're a major league baseball player, you have unlimited outlets to talk about everything. And I'm convinced there's somebody in the commissioner's office that has Twitter notifications on for Trevor Bauer. And every time their phone dings, they say a cuss word because he comes on and he just pokes holes in everything. And he's right that's the thing that probably ticks him off the most is that Trevor Bauer is right. Whether you like, love, hate him, we could talk about that for a whole nother podcast, but being able to poke holes in what major league baseball has done and do it so easily with multiple different situations that have come up. I mean, the other day I saw on social media, he had two baseballs, one in each hand, and he had both of them. He held his hand up like parallel to the ground and the baseball stuck to the palm of his hands without his fingers gripping the baseball. And he goes, one of these is legal. One of these is illegal. One, he had put sunscreen in rosin. One, he had put sweat in rosin. They give you rosin. They can't tell you not to sweat.
0: Yeah.
1: And both of the balls stuck to his hand. And so he's like, what's the difference? Whether I use sunscreen and rosin. And if I use sunscreen on my arms, because I'm pitching in Houston and it's 112 degrees, if I sweat and the sunscreen comes down to my palm and I supposed to call time and go wash my hands, like where do you draw the line and what happens? If you sweat, sunscreen gets on your hand. And then you're have somebody like Girardi call you out and say, Oh, he's got sunscreen on his hands. No duh. Anybody that goes to the beach that puts sunscreen on has sunscreen on their hands.
0: And and any, uh, I mean, I, I, I totally agree with you, Trevor Bauer. They're, they're, the, the majority of the people because he's not on their team hate him and uh which is fine but at the same thing he's probably the most level-headed when all of this going down and everything when, when he talks about it uh it, it's it's very interesting to to listen to him talk and uh but i agree i think someone in, in the commissioner office probably does have have alerts on for him
2: <laughs> i'm gonna get <laughs> oh, people He's just so honest, man. You know, he's level-headed and he's honest about it. And, you know, I, I loved his, his rant about um, when Tatis Jr. went yard off of him twice. And they, they I think it was like back-to-back nights or whatever it was. And they kind of had an exchange. And, you know, the game needs more, more of that at the professional level, in my opinion. But, you know, there's a line there as well. But, but that's a whole other conversation. I, I don't fault pitchers for trying to protect their paycheck. I get it. I get it. Everybody has a point of view. That's going to, it's going to vary depending on
0: what your job description is. So Uh, I, I, Uh, okay. You're going to protect the pitcher's paycheck, but what about the batter that's striking out or doing the things that he's doing? I mean, he's, I mean, well, that was going to be what I was going to say
2: next. Okay. I I get, I get why, you know, again, there's got to be balance in the game. I feel like in baseball more than probably any other sport, there's got to be balanced. Because in the nineties with the steroids and everything, I mean, that was just absurd. You know what I mean? And, and of course it was exciting and it made headlines, but the pitchers were getting shit on every night, you know? And then it, it's kind of swung back maybe as a, as a knee jerk reaction over the course of a couple of years. And now we kind of just got to center ourselves again. I, I don't think it's as bad uh, against the pitchers here because I, I feel like if you look at the history of baseball pitchers, I've been a little bit more protected. I don't, I don't know if that's true, but it just feels that way. So I understand it. Like I get it. I get it from a lot of different angles. I still think the blame lies at the feet of the leadership of, of major league baseball. I think it all comes back to that.
0: I agree. That's all I'm going to say. Colin last word.
1: You know, I mean, at the end of the day, you can't just hand. Down, I guess you can because they did, but you can't just hand down a mandate without, in the middle of the season, without educating at least the players about it. And I think that's where a lot of the frustrations come from. Of this, just from the public's eye and from the players' eyes, it just came out of nowhere, to where oh something happened in one game that Joe West found a foreign substance and tried to do preventative umpiring and then that set off a chain reaction of major league baseball saying oh yeah there is a problem with foreign substances and getting a better grip on the ball or having more spin rate whatever but the fact that there are so many unanswered questions that's probably the biggest concern because i heard even a hitter the other day say you can't do this in the middle of the year. You've got pitchers now that are having to change what they do, and they don't know where the ball's going because they don't have a grip now. I'm not digging in against that. No, I agree. And so you've got hitters that don't know where the ball's going. They don't know if they need to duck out of the way or what's going to happen. And so I, I think it's kind of like we've said a couple of times. You either do it at the beginning of the year or you table it until the end of the year where you pick it back up again.
0: Well, I, I, I understand that they didn't need to talk to the players uh, union and all that with, with in regards to the rule, because it was already a rule. But I think they could have avoided a lot of this by going to them uh, originally and saying, hey, we, we've got to do something here, uh, you know, and maybe they did. But I, I, I'm with Josh. I don't I see no leadership out of the Major League Baseball office, but hey. Uh, he, he's put there by the owners. So they, they have no one to blame, but themselves. So, and we, we could get into that with, with, uh, what's his name in the NFL, the the head clown up there too, uh, uh, which, which saints fans have no love lost for that, that thing that they call I think a, that might be a, the
1: only thing that saints fans and Falcons fan agree on.
0: <laughs> You're right about that. So <laughs> Well, we're going to call it a day. Thank you for listening. We're talking with Craig on Josh Jagno, and our very special guest, Colin Lacey. Colin has agreed to come back. I know we said at the beginning we were going to talk Major League Baseball memories, but with the College World Series and this going on, we thought it was timely and it was the thing to do. So we're going to get into it more, uh, so hopefully sooner rather than later. So again, thank you for listening to We're Talking. Any redistribution or reproduction of any part or all of the contents in any form is prohibited, except, ah, who the hell are we kidding? Distribute it. Share it. Put it in your podcast. Broadcast it. Or put it on social media. Just give credit where credit's due.